Are you Hello, serious? Hello, folks. Hello, people of the world. It's good to be here. You are listening to the Brother Marcos Radio Show, broadcasting directly from São Paulo, Brazil. Directly to you and the whole world, especially people in North America, United States, Canada, New Zealand, some people in Australia, some other people in Europe, in the United Kingdom. Yes, people, even in Slovenia and Mexico. Yes, yes, good to be with you one more time. Uh, we had a, a little break last week. Actually, an interlude. I like this word, interlude. <laughs> it comes from, from music, okay? When they stop playing for a while, it's an interlude. So, my friends, I hope uh, uh, it's my intent to play good music, okay? So, it was good to stop for a week and just think about this show just a little. What, what is the strength of this show? What, you know, what do I have to tell you? What makes this show different? Because, you know, otherwise, why should, <laughs> should I spend my time here? And, and you, you have a valuable time. Your time is precious. You have many, many things to do. And you're stopping and listening to this show. I thank you very much. But, you know, I guess, my friends, that you are here. And if you, this is the first time that you're listening to this show, you should know. You should know that this show is a, is a show that tries to uplift the name of Jesus Christ, okay? We really believe that Jesus Christ is the solution for, not only for your soul, but, you know, for life in this world. And uh, whether you like it or not, my friends, so we base everything we say here on the, on the Bible. Of course, I have my personal opinions and, you know, my rantings. But that's what I try to do, at least. That's what I try to do. And, um, and let me tell you, and uh, during this week I was thinking, you know, which are the strengths of this show? And I guess, my friends, this, th what, what I can bring here to the table is, you know, some knowledge about the New World Order, some knowledge about Marxism, I think I'm in good, good position, my friends, to talk about Marxism. Some knowledge about false religions, things that I have been studying a lot, especially Kabbalah and Gnosticism. And my friends, bringing a biblical understanding of global events to you. That's what, I, what I'll try to do, okay? Because I was really struggling. Should I, I really start to have deeper Bible studies, and I thought to myself, boy, you know, the Villa Nuevas, the Capal people, Luis Tejera, I mean, they can, they can give you great Bible studies, okay? And I, I don't know, my friends, I, I think my specialty is just, you know, to talk about those dangers, because I'll tell you, in my opinion, in my opinion, even the basic foundations of the faith are, are, are being attacked right now so it's not really a matter of discussing you know if Armenians or Calvinists they are right you know if you are pre or mid tribulationist 
No, my friends, they're attacking the foundations of the faith. They're creating Satan. When I say they, it's Satan and his false prophets, okay? They are creating lies and heresies, which constitute the great apostasy that Apostle Paul Warner is about. You know, you know that this is the only sign, you know, that precedes the coming of the Antichrist is the great apostasy, because all, all the other signs, earthquakes, wars, etc., we really don't know exactly when they're going to happen. If they're going to happen right now, or during the tribulation, or, you know, we really don't know. But there's one, there's one sign that the Apostle Paul gave us. Because people were all excited and they were anxious. Because they thought that, you know, the great day of the Lord, the end times had already arrived. And, and you know, somehow they were still there and, you know, they were... Afraid of being left behind. Couldn't imagine like, 2,000 years ago, those guys, I mean, come on. <laughs> they were in a rush uh, because, come on, 2,000 years ago. But you know, the only sign that Apostle Paul said, no, you're going to have to have the great apostasy. And then the man of sin will be revealed. So, we are living in the times of the great apostasy. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. So, in order to understand this, I think, you know, in order to warn you about what's happening, I think that that's, that's, that's why what we do in this program is important. Because they do that through the New World Order, through Marxism. Through propaganda, we live in a time of lies and propaganda, my friends. And few people are aware of that. Few people have the tools and the discernment. And I'm talking about Christian people too. To understand or, or at least have a grasp of what's happening. So that's what we are trying to do. We're trying to give you some tools, some you know, ability, some skills in order to understand what's happening around you so you can stand your ground. So you can go to the Bible, check everything against the Bible, okay? And at least know where, you know, where to look. Try to understand what the issue is all about, okay? So basically, my friends, uh, I think that this week was good for... <laughs> You know, at least to give more focus to this program. I hope that God gives me some uh, wisdom and strength to keep doing this show. Because I'll tell you, I used to tell you, oh, okay, you know, sometimes it's Saturday, okay? Or it's Sunday, and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then somehow, you know... I don't like to say God told me, but, you know, I think that there is an inspiration that comes from God, you know, and suddenly I know what I'm going to talk about because this is important, or maybe, you know, I read something or listen to something, and my friends, I'll tell you, when I had a week that when I really didn't listen, I didn't hear anything from the Lord, 
That's a humble, humbling experience. That's a humbling experience because, you know, it was like Marcos. Apart from me, you can do nothing, not even this small little show you have. Apart from me, you cannot do anything. You see? And that's, that's the way it works, my friends. If you are not w walking in uh, submission and listening to God and, and just, you know... And sometimes I, 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 I don't even know. It's just something that comes from God. I mean, you're not, you're not doing anything different, actually. Okay? And it just stops. And then it comes back. Okay? Because, you know, God's sovereign. He knows what's best for you. So, lesson learned. Enough talking about me. Okay? I, I can't be boring. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Okay, my friends. So, we're going to talk about the very, very important, very, very important topic of submission. Submission. Did I say submission? Yes, it's submission. But it's the topic of today's show is stewardship. And um, stewardship is, is the, a concept that is very related to submission. That's, that's why I think I had that, that Freudian slip. And uh, I use it, the word submission instead of stewardship. Because, my friends, stewardship basically means basically means, you know, taking care of a house. Okay, taking care of your life, okay, and uh, and you know that that that's something important because you know that that's basically what we have to do in our lives. All right, you have your life, you have the people that 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 you know, that people that that you interact with every day. And the things that God tell you to do, all right, and uh, and let me tell you, my friends, people all around you, they want to sell you plans and crazy ideas, okay, in order for you to forget that you have to be a steward, a steward of your life. So, my friends, uh, what people do, they will try to engage you in some, some crazy, crazy, crazy agendas, crazy plans. And, you know, when, when most of the time, your responsibility to God, your duty is right in front of your nose. All right? And, uh, you know, how I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I decided to do this, to cover this topic today it's because of a, you know totally contradictory messages that I was listening from Christian leaders. Okay, Christian leaders, my friends, they, in order, you know, in order to make you work for them, all right, and for their plans, you know, they can, they can, uh, uh, you know, show you, present you with a different, completely different. Perspectives. I'll give you. I'll give you an example. You know, they they come from total engagement, and we're seeing this a lot today. Engagement in politics. Let's change the world. Let Let's talk about dominionism, the seven mountains that we have to change, and um, 
you know, to the other opposite side, which is passivity, and accept everything. You know, really don't have to force anything upon anybody. And, and I'll tell you, my friends, both of those perspectives are completely crazy and wrong. So we have to, to look for a balance for the middle ground, okay? Because that's where the truth is. And especially if you look, if, if you look in the Bible, we will see that, that that's where the truth is. So, for example, I was listening to Frank Gran. Frank Gran is obviously the son of Billy Gran. And, and, and this is a guy, my friends, that makes almost $1 million a year as the CEO of his uh, organization. And always, always asking for money. And he had this Facebook. Now, now in, if you're into Facebook, they have this live videos now okay you have you can broadcast in facebook and uh, and people can you know ask questions and and so i i was watching franklin gran and he was like praying and really asking everybody to pray with him you know for the salvation of america Actually, he was praying for Donald Trump, okay? That's what he was doing because it was during the Republican convention, okay? I think it was at the opening of the convention. So, my friends, I was wondering, you know, you know when you feel something's wrong here, you know, uh, what, what is he doing? Does he think that, you know, if he gets together 100,000 pe- 100, people, then America would change? 200,000 people, of course, they, 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 are, they are talking about, I mean, they are using that verse. You know, when God talks to Solomon after he complete, uh, completed the, the temple, the construction, the, the building of the temple, and he says, you know, when, when if my people, they repent, and, uh, you know, and here it is, uh, just give me a second. Okay, here it is. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. My friends, first of all, this is a promise to Israel. America is not Israel. I I, I don't know. Those guys, they don't have a map. They don't have a globe. You know, do they believe in flat earth that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are because, you know, it's just a disc? America is not Israel. This is a promise to Israel. Okay, and and, and come on, you have to, <laughs> you have to read the whole chapter. I mean, is this much to ask? Is this must, much to ask? Then you see the context of the thing. Because God was talking about the importance of the temple, because the temple would be a focus of worship for the nation of Israel. So the Lord was saying, you know, first thing, Solomon was praying, okay? And during that time, the prayer of the leader, of the king, okay? It had a special meaning, okay? There was a concentration that, the, the, let's say, that the king had certain 
contact with God, okay? And responsibility. And we see this throughout the Old Testament. Because when the king of Israel was a wicked, and started to, to, to worship idols and demons, and false religions, bring false religions to the land, the whole land would suffer. Sometimes with calamities, defeat in wars, or even droughts, famine, alright? So it was an important thing for the king, okay, to be in good terms with God. And then, my friends, you see the difference here, because the Lord appeared to him at night. My friends, the Lord's not appearing at night or at day or during the day to Hillary Clinton or to Donald Trump anymore. So you see, we're talking about completely different circumstances and environments. Of course, of course, the repentance brings healing and blessings in a personal level. But we are talking here about a nation. So if you wanted to use this verse first, you know, repentance here for Israel was, was a big thing. It was like, you know, let's destroy all the altars of the, the idols. Let's destroy each pagan temple. Is this what you want to do in America? Are you going to destroy all the mosques and all the Mormon temples? Because that's what they did in Israel. I'm not saying that you should do that today, but that's what they did in Israel. It was like the whole nation doing the same thing. The whole nation changing their ways. But Franklin Grant thinks that, you know, it's just a couple of thousand, one hundred thousand people praying on Facebook will change the land in the same way. And that God is obligated to change the la the land, I mean a land that you know much better than I do, is full of sin, is wicked, as is Brazil. No, there's no exclusivity for the United States regarding sin, because here in Brazil is even worse. But you know, my friends, stop already with this fantasy. You know? And the Lord told Solomon, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. So you see, very specific. He's talking about the temple as a place of convergence of sacrifices and repentance. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, and then... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, etc. So I don't see, I, I, I mean, it's raining. It's still raining in the United States as far as I know. Okay, I don't see locusts devouring, you know, the, the, the best, the largest crop in the whole world. It's in the United States. I don't see locusts devouring anything there. I don't see a plague. So you see, my friends, that, that, I mean, they take things completely out of context. 
Okay, because, you know, if we go on, and I'll tell you, it's a Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 7. Just go there. You know, verse 15 here. Read it for yourselves. Okay? God says that his eyes will be open and his ears attentive to the prayers offered in that temple. And Solomon, if you walk before me faithfully as David your father did, and do all I command, and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne, as I covenanted with David your father. So, so this is not a promise for Donald Trump, it's for Solomon. Is Donald Trump David's son? No, he's the son of a real estate billionaire, pagan man. So come on. So that's what, what Franklin Grant, he wants you to believe that you, you know, if you join him and send him money because he asks for money all the time, then you know you have some importance in, in your life. And that's the whole objective of the show, okay? The whole objective of the show is to encourage you and to convince you that you have importance, that you're precious to the Lord. That what you do matters, even if you're not engaged in these plans, or activities, or visions. You are precious, because you are a child of God, and you have many, many, many things to do around your life. You know, the Bible tells us that God prepared good works for us to do. So we... I mean, I mean, come on. You don't need Franklin Grant for your good works. You have stewardship. A word that comes from the Greek, oikonomos, which means somebody who manages a household. You have a household. Your household is your life. It's your household. It's your family. Friends. Okay? We'll, we'll come back to this. But, you know, on the other hand, my friends, I mean, we, we have these guys, okay? They say, we have to change the world. You know, if you're not engaged with this, you know, uh, you know, they say the same thing. You know, even that Rick Warren guy, Peace Plan, United Nations, they're going to change the world, okay? If you're not engaged in this plan, you're wasting your time. You're not a good Christian. You're a second-class Christian. All right, it doesn't matter. I mean, they, they really don't don't think about certain details. I mean, since we're talking about David here, do you remember that Satan put a desire in the heart of David to count the citizens of Israel to do a census, you know, and that was a bad thing. There was judgment because of that. Why? Because you know, the whole idea is, if I have material strength, worldly strength, if I have many men, work power, head count, then I have power. Then I'm, I'm powerful. I'm going to defeat all my, my enemies. When God told him over and over again, you are only defeating your enemies, David, because of my help. The whole, the, the whole... 
reason why David was such a conqueror and such a winner in battle was because of God. He was not special in any way. Do you really think that a small boy had the strength and the ability with that rock to bring down Goliath, the giant, without the help of God? I believe he was empowered by God, by the Holy Spirit with special strength and special aim at that time. You know, my friends, and that's what we're doing. We're just counting people. It's just the, the guys from uh, the Reset Together. So you see, the liberal Christians and the conservative Christians, they do the same thing. They have the same idea that, you know, power is in their hands. You know, they pay lip services to God. They say that they do that in the name of God. But actually, they believe that the power is in their organization skills, communication skills, and how they can engage as many people as possible. The guys from the Together 2016 event, that, that, that flop, the failure in Washington, D.C. They wanted to bring one million people to the mall, to Washington, D.C., facing the obelisk, the occult obelisk. Because they thought, wow, if you get together here, one million people, we're going to change America. They all, they all will start to cheer for the Jesus Football Club. Okay? Numbers, numbers, numbers. Numbers, like David. David was looking for numbers. Oh, he got his numbers, yeah. The thousands upon thousands of dead people as a result of judgment. That's what the numbers that he got. Okay, so open your eyes. Open your eyes. And, and, and <laughs> there's something interesting too, you know. Not only those people like Franklin Grant, they think that America is the modern Israel. But they forget that voting is a very recent and modern thing. Okay? I mean, it's not, it's not two centuries old. It's not 200 years old. Okay? Throughout the whole history of man, you could not vote, my friend. You had a king, you had a leader, and you had to shut up. Do you think that, that, that the people in the churches... Uh, of Philippi, of Corinth, of uh, Rome. Do you think that they had the right to vote? Actually, for the emperor? Oh, I do not like this emperor. I'm going to vote for for another one. Come on, my friends. L let, let's expand our per perspective. Our, uh, you know, we're just, you know... We're living in a very precise moment in history. Okay? Even America. America, you know, was founded in 1776. But, you know, after Jesus, until there was America, people lived, people were saved. There was. There, there was salvation. There was a gospel for 1,776 years. So, you know, you have to expand your perspective, all right? 
So in the, in the, on the other hand, you have people like Rob Bell. <laughs> Rob Bell, I like to call him Rob Hell. Because, you know, he's an apostate. And he says, no, he, he doesn't want to, call, to be called an American anymore. So it's the other side of the same craziness, okay? He says, no, because, you know, we should not believe in, a le in letters that were written 200 years ago by, you know, old men in the, you know, founding fathers. I don't believe in that. So I, I won't call myself an American anymore. I won't talk, and I won't use this word anymore. I mean, do you see how, how it is? You can go from one extreme to the other, but both extremes, they are wrong. You know, it, it's completely crazy. And they are doing like, you know, they are doing, my friends, everything. You know, the people who are in the other extreme, they do anything. They, they use a different, it's a different plan. It's a steel plan, okay? It's a steel plan. It's, a, it's unbiblical, just like the other one. You know, you have the people who want to take over the world for Christ. And you have the people that, who says, no, let's mix with the world so we can take over the world. All right? But both, both attitudes, they don't change. They don't change the heart. They don't bring salvation. They don't change lives. But we see some things that they are... I mean, they, they're, they're so ridiculous today. They are so ridiculous. For example, we have here, we have here North Point Community Church. My friends, you know what they have now? They have a stage. It's not a pulpit anymore. It's a stage, okay? Like a rock concert. And they bring those guys to sing. And they're not singing. You know, you know they're... It's been a long time since they have brought rock music into the church, but at least they had lyrics that talked about Jesus, all right? It could be a false Jesus. It could be a, you know, Jesus football club thing. But at least they were talking about Jesus, all right? But no, they decided that they don't need to talk about Jesus anymore, all right? Why talk about Jesus? We already have rock music, like Hillsong, okay? And, and, and I'll tell you, this is a consequence of the, the work, the demonic work done by the Hillsong Church, okay? Their work of bringing the world into the church, entertainment, all right? worldliness into the church and now that's what we hear we, we see here they're competing with each other they're not evangelizing anything anybody they're not bringing anyone to christ you know what they're doing hillsong in, in australia they open a hillsong church in a city and what happens is that people who used to go to traditional conservative churches, they start going to Hillsong because of the music and the entertainment. And so, there's a lot of churches in Australia that they're shutting down. They're closing their doors because of Hillsong. You know, it's not that they're really bringing anyone to Christ. Maybe a few, but, you know, miracles happen. But they are actually stealing people 
believers from real churches. Do you see how, how the enemy is Machiavellian? You know, he's a smart. It's a very smart plan. And you see now these guys here from, from this, this church. What's the name again? North Point Community Church. All right. They have those songs. And they don't even talk about Jesus. No, they talk about love and sex. Yes. In the pulpit. You see here, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm going to play this for you. Okay. Baby, I love the way you turn me on. Yes, they are talking about the way that this guy loves, you know, the way that this woman excites him, excites him sexually. That's what turn me on means. Okay? I speak Portuguese, but I understand that. And they have all these people, they're dancing, they have choreography, okay? And, and that's what they have right now. Another one here. Nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close. Talking about a woman, okay? It's a, long, a man with long hair, alright? And... Uh, Feel good creeping up on you. I mean, this is complete. It's a sexually explicit thing. On stage, my friends. At the pulpit. All those things I should do too. I mean, which things do you think he's thinking about doing to that woman? You know, so you go to church right now. <laughs> And, and they really think, no, if we do this, we're going to attract a lot of lots of people. We're going to change the world because we're doing for Jesus. Who are you? You're not doing anything. We're doing lots of things. We have a ministry. We have a ministry. We are baptizing 100 people a week. But into what? That's my request. You're baptizing people into what? It's not into the salvation of Jesus Christ. Because you go to a church, instead of focusing on God, you're focusing on sex. I mean, if you have a problem with, with you know, with lust, I mean, it's going to be worse. Because the guy there is talking about, you know, the things I should do to you because you turn me on. That's the whole perspective. You know, I am. I am into conquering the world for Jesus with profanity and rock music and sex. That's, you know, that's what they do right now. All right, my friends, let's stop for a minute for a commercial break and we will be right back. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media, a digital publisher of ebooks. FifthHookMedia.com has a selection of ebooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit FifthHookMedia.com. That's F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K Media.com. Remember, that's FifthHookMedia.com. F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K. Kapow! Welcome. 
to the Brother Marcos program on the Kapow Radio Show Network. We pray that you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Are you serious? Okay, we we are back and we were talking about the many schemes, plans, and crazy things that Christian leaders want you to believe that that, that comprise the Christian life, okay? And uh, when, when in reality, my friends, the Christian life is the, le- is the life that you live day after day. It's the way you treat your kids. It's the way you treat your wife, your husband. It's the way that you, you do business with honesty, okay? It's the way that, that you know, when, when you help the poor, okay? When you do your little sacrifices, you, when you decide not to sin, that's the Christian life. That's the real Christian life, okay? It's not the fantasies and the crazy schemes that those guys, they, 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 they actually create. Okay, they actually create, and we were talking about you know those guys that that try. Actually, they they say we we should do everything in order to bring people to to the church. And uh, it's uh, let me comment about this, this episode. I was listening to J. D. Hall, this guy that is famous for the pulpit and pen podcast, and uh, he was discussing about this this church. The name is Apologia Church. It's a, it's a church in Tempe, Arizona. It's a, I mean, it's close to the, the Arizona State University, you know, the craziest <laughs> university in America. And these guys there, they had this event because they wanted to, to open a church in Hawaii. Oh, yes, in Hawaii, you know. You know <laughs> those guys, they never want to open a church in Pakistan or Afghanistan. It's always a just great place, you know, in an island in Hawaii, okay? And uh, and these guys, they're, they're funny because what they did, they had a fundraising. It's all about money, my friends. And they were selling beer samples and they had a tattoo session, all right? In order to attract people. And then J.D. Hall he said, you know, see how crazy this is. I mean, because they were, they were posting videos of this event on Facebook. So it's not that J.D. Hall started to slander those guys. No. I mean, that people from that church, they were posting videos on Facebook. And you could see that guy doing a tattoo and it's interesting that he was doing a, a tattoo with, with the symbol of the Vatican actually the pope you know that that symbol that the pope uses the p the big p and the, you know they they're going to try to rationalize and say oh no this is a christian symbol come on that's the symbol that the vatican uses and uh, there was this other guy with a school and bones t-shirt you know because you have you got to be hipster you got to be cool in order to attract people to your church. And they were doing tattoos, okay? And uh, 
but what what happened is that the pastor of that 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 church it's a guy named Jeff Durbin and he said no we didn't do that it was a hit piece it's a lie they're slandering us and there was another guy who was a friend of his uh, called James White which I, I really didn't know him I, I had no idea who he was but it seems that he's very very famous and conservative and it's kind of reformed Calvinist. <laughs> oh yes, my friends. And he like was insulting J.D. Hall, calling, I mean, like J.D. Hall was the worst Christian on earth because he was doing that. That J.D. Hall was judging, judging. I mean, he was not judging. He just said, you know, what you did is wrong. He never said that, that Jeff Derby, that pastor... The hipster pastor with the beard. You know, they have that beard. All, all guys there, they have the same beard like Robinson Crusoe. You know, the the, the you know the, the the survivor in an island with that long beard, very badly kept beard. You know, no trimming, nothing. You know, the very hipster these days. So he never said that Jeff Durbin was horrible. I would say he's horrible because of that beard. I'm sorry, you know, if this is sin, but horrible beard, my friend. Go go to a barber and trim that thing. And uh, but anyway, I digress here. But he never said, you know, it was not a personal attack. And then they said, we're gonna we're go, we're gonna have a show with a rebuttal, a rebuttal, you know, where we are going to prove that this is a slander and that we never did that. And then you listen to them for one hour and a half saying how good they are, they're wonderful, it's a church that changes lives, and etc., etc., etc. And after one hour and a half, they say, no, you know, actually, you know, after the event, people were together, and there's this guy named Eric, who is, uh, you know, an associate of ours, and he really sold beer samples in order to make money for that church. I mean, so actually they did it. <laughs> Maybe not exactly in the way that J.D. Hall thought that they had done, but they did it, okay? They had the tattoo thing and they sold beer samples. I mean, why should, why they, they simply, they didn't say, well, we made a mistake. What was a silly thing? I'm sorry. We're not gonna do it again. No. But they were attacking this guy, attacking, attacking. I mean, come on. That that that's the way, my friends. That that state of Christian leadership today. And that other guy, James White. I mean, what a ridiculous attitude that he had in the whole episode. Ridiculous. And then you go there and you start, you know, just doing some research on him. You know what, what he does? He has a cruise. Oh, yes, he has a cruise. A cruise, I think it's for, to Alaska. So you can pay lots of money. You can get in a ship, luxury cruise, you know, with the excuse of learning apologetics. <laughs> I'm a, of course, you can only go if you're rich. Okay, so, so now you have... You know, apologetics and church, because this is basically church business, okay? Because you teach the Bible, you should teach the Bible at church. You know, that's the way you do it. 
But now you have church only for the rich. Because if you cannot pay to go to that ship, I know you're, you're not going. So that's the kind of people we have now. You know, this career guys in the church business. All right? And he even wrote a book against the KJV. Can you believe that? I mean, he takes his time to write a book fighting the KJV. I mean, so many things. I mean, th th come on, guys. Satan is taking over everything. He's sending millions and millions of people to hell every day. And this guy who has all, all the resources, the intelligence, the, the education to do a good job and to open the eyes of people to the real important things, he takes his time, probably months or a year, to write a book against the Bible. You know, because probably this gives him some kind of status and fame among the business, church business circles, you know. And so, my friends, I mean, why would you get involved you know, with those people and their crazy schemes. You know, because they want to, to, to open another church where they were going to teach the same heresies and spread the same apostasy in other places. You know, the same stupid things that they do in Arizona, they're going to start doing in, in Hawaii. And they want to convince you that if you're not involved in those things, you know, then, then you're wrong. Then you're wrong, you're not a good Christian. Alright? You're not a good Christian. You go there, you see Apologia Church, they uh, they ask you for $10, it's, it's $9, something like that, $9 a month, in order to listen and to watch their shows. Here you can watch your shows, you know, it's all for free, my friends, but there you have to pay $9 a month. And now they're asking for $25,000 to, you know, produce some videos. $20,000, $25,000. I, I mean, come on, I work with videos, okay? I, I, I can make 10 good videos for you for that price. So, I mean... Uh, it, it's it's all a business. It's all about their plans, okay? And they'll tell you it's a mission. It's all about their plans. Oh yes, because they pro probably they go to Rick Warren, the the you know the conference. It's interesting here that people <laughs> from Pulpit and Pen. I like this this website, Pulpit and Pen. Go there. Rick Warren has the conference now, another conference, they call it the cash conference, you know, you can buy it alright, he had like people from 33 countries in the world participating oh yes, you can you can only pay 200 bucks no, 199 you know, here's the marketing trick again, for 199 dollars you can purchase the conference online pass for access on demand to all of Pastor Rick Warren's teaching teachings, you know. Uh, of course, 
you know, you have uh, <laughs> people from Hillsong Worship, they're playing there. People from Bethel Church, they're there playing. You know, and then, okay, he will teach you strategies for church growth. For how you can boost, boost, boost your business, your Christian business, all right? Okay? Because, you know, sometimes people, they don't, don't listen to Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, I will build my, build my church. Okay? Because they really don't believe in the power of the gospel. That, that's, the, you know, that, that, that's the bottom line. That's the summary. They really don't believe in that, my friends. You know, the power, the, the gospel is not powerful enough for them. In order, you know, to, to make things happen. The Holy Spirit that, that change, changes heart, the heart, for them is not enough. Oh no, they need beer evangelism. They need tattoos, okay? You know? But I'll tell you, my friends, just leave those things behind. Forget about this. I know, they're, they're bombarding you with those crazy ideas. But think about stewardship. Think about stewardship. What you can do in your life. God puts you in a position. You were born where you are. With a purpose. You know? And the purpose is not to, to like Rick Warren's, you know, tells it is. No. Your purpose is not to help his church. Your pope purpose is to be a light and salt in the world. And this is not done exclusively inside a church. It can be done in a church. It can even be done in evangelism and missions, you know, if your cup is overflowing. Alright, but, but see the difference. Your cup is overflowing with the gifts and blessings of the Holy Spirit brought by sanctification and holiness in your life. And then you have enough to give to others. And God may very well direct you to, you know, evangelism, to live in another country. I don't know. I'm not saying that this is wrong. But, you know, it overflows from your cup. You cannot use crazy evangelistic plans as a table where you put your cup on it. Okay? It, it, it's, not, it's not the support for your life. Okay? Your life is Jesus. Your life is what you live one day after the other. And from that, you will be able to do some things for other people and to evangelize, witness, you know, participate in church activities and things like that. If you are lucky to find a good church that preaches the Word of God and is not infested with occultic teachings like we see today everywhere everywhere my friends so you do your best in the position you are but you know why they don't like to tell you that because it really involves self-responsibility individual freedom okay you're free to do that and it's up to you to do that you are the one responsible for change your life with the help of the holy spirit you are the one to go there and read the bible you are the one to decide where your money 
Goals. Oh, yeah, this this is a very important subject. Because they'll tell you you have to give your money to them. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> but it's not only your money, it's your talents, the gifts that God has given you. Because they are completely different for, for, from person to person. And you really don't need, a, don't, need, don't need a leader for that. Your leader is Jesus Christ. So that's my objective here. I, I want to encourage you because I don't know, maybe you are listening to the show and you are bedridden in a hospital. And you say, I am no good because I'm not participating in any kind of evangelistic Jesus football club activity. Come on, you can be nice to the nurses. You can even witness if, if there is an opportunity. You can talk to your, you know, the person by your side in the other bed. I mean, even inside a hospital, you can be a witness to Christ, to other people. Do you understand that? Even the, the most humble positions, you can, you can witness to people. You can be a blessing, you know? And I'll tell you, my friends, uh, probably next week we're going to talk about the Beatitudes. And it's all about personal behavior in your daily life. You know, Jesus Christ practically didn't talk about... I mean, it's only the Great Commission. And all they talk about is one line in the whole New Testament. Jesus talked about daily life, the heart, not activities. You must understand that. Otherwise, you're going to be a slave of those crazy leaders forever. You must understand the concept of stewardship. It's more than money. Okay? It's more than money, my friends. And I'll tell you, there's, there are even people who believe that the Great Commission has been completed, that it was, it was uh, you know... I'm not sure about this, okay? But there are some people who are preterists. They, they say, you know, that was a command for the disciples of that time. And that's why they had the signs and wonders, okay, that were so powerful at that time. Uh, and they were able to convince people that what, the, what they, were, they were talking about was true because of the miracles that they performed in the name of Christ. All right? I see more witnessing evangelism in the perspective of loving your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you want them to go to heaven. So that's why you witness. You know, it's not exactly the Great Commission. I don't see the Great Commission being something for, for every believer. You can, you can argue that this is a command for the church forever. And I tend to agree with that, okay? But not necessarily every believer. You do that because you love your neighbor. Alright? It's not a job. That That's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Alright? It's not a job for you. It's not a job. It's an act of love that you do. Alright? And my friends, and, and th this thing about stewardship, I think it's very interesting. There is a guy here. And let me see here his name. Uh, he's a pastor and he's a, he's a writer. His name is Paul 
Paul Stevens, Stevens, Professor Emeritus of Marketplace Theology. I mean, come on, they invent so many things in those seminaries. And Theology and Leadership at Regent College. Okay, he has several books, most recently, Doing God's Business. And his website, no, yes, that's it. Okay, and he has several books. Uh, I was not able to read his book. I'm, I think I'm going to buy one. But basically, he talks a lot about how you can be a good Christian in the marketplace, at work. You know, I cannot vouch for his theology because I really didn't read the book. But he gave an interview where he said something that it's, I, I found so ama- amazing that I applauded him, you know, <laughs> like a crazy man here by myself, right? And he was talking about how churches do exactly that. They make the believers outsource their spiritual lives you know, to pastors and missions, you know, you just give money, you give money, and you are right with God, okay? And he says, no, this is heretical. This is heretical because it's unbiblical, diversionary from the wholeness of what's involved in being a servant or minister of God. Yes, because if you are a servant of God, you're a servant of God with all your life, not just pastors and missionaries. It's heretical because it's untrue. It's not untrue that God God cares about people's souls and that we should come to eternal life in Christ. That's not heretical. What is heretical is the sacred, secular distinction that has been with us like a fog that penetrates everything. I have given literally 50 years of my life to teaching against that and trying to find models and ways of moving towards a holistic view of what it means to be a Christian in the world and in the church. Holistic basically means something that, you know, it's all-compassing, you know, that you have a global perspective, okay? And it's a very interesting thing that he does. He says here that I want to I wanna read to you. How can pastors in churches change the situation, okay? You can change the culture of the local church by doing something very simple. For 52 weeks of the year, don't give your time to missionaries, visiting pastors, or theological professors. Instead, give five-minute interviews every Sunday of different members of the church. Ask them, what do you do for a living? What are the major issues you face in your daily work? What difference does your faith make to how you address those issues? How can we pray for a ministry in the workplace? If you do that for 52 weeks, you have turned the church inside out. You have ordained 52 people to ministry in their workplace and have effectively broken down that sacred sexual distinction, which is counterproductive for the mission of the church. Praise the Lord! (laughs) Do you think that the leaders would ever do that? My friends, do you think that modern pastors, you know, would ever do something like this? But what a great idea. What a biblical idea. Okay? What a biblical idea. Because, my friends, I'll tell you, I I was seeing a study the other day, it's like 90-something percent of people 
they receive Christ, when they go to a church, you know, taken by a friend or a, a relative. That's how people receive Jesus today. If it's not from your parents, which should be the most important way, okay? It's a father teaching his child about Jesus Christ. That's the biblical way, okay? We're commanded to do that. If it's not from your parents, it's because you know a relative or you know a friend and you're going through a hard time. The Holy Spirit, you know, starts to work in your heart. And that person will take him to church. But what happens now? They only believe in beer functions and rock concerts. Do you think people are going to a rock concert, Christian rock concert, and will receive Christ for real? Come on, give me a break. You know, so they should be preparing people at churches in order, you know, to be able to witness effectively and also the church should be a place where people could be well received you know because that, that, that's the way that, that God is using to, to, to bring people to him but you go there you only they only talk about their plans their mission plans their, their you know crazy agendas that they have and money 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 so, so I'll tell you my situation right now. If I find someone and start witnessing and talking about Jesus to that person, I don't know where I would take him to. I would have to teach that person myself because I'm not comfortable sending that person to any church here that I know. And the, the, the churches, they are not actually, not even concerned about, you know, making disciples of Christ which basically is the, the first duty and priority that then should be so stewardship my friends you know let's finish my friends f w with the you know a lesson that Jesus Christ gave us the parable the parable of the talents have you heard about it Matthew 25 verse 14 you know, the man going on a journey called his servants, entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one one bag, each according to his ability. You see? People are different. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work, gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. You know? You see here, he, he thought, well, I bought a bus ticket to heaven. You know, I'm safe here. Okay? Alright? I give some money to the, to the church, the missions, you know? Outsourced. He outsourced his spiritual life, okay? And and went on with his business, okay? After a long time, the master returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five bags of gold brought the other five. 
Master, he said, you entrust me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Same thing with the man with two bags of gold, you know. Well done, good and faithful service, servant. Okay, But the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And thrown that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So see, my friends, several lessons here. You know, several lessons. First one, of course, you, you cannot buy a bus ticket to heaven. And I'll say you cannot outsource your spiritual life. Okay? You won't change America praying with Mr. $1 million a year, Franklin Grant. You're going to you're going to change America if you and millions of other people together change your lives and start obeying the commands of Jesus Christ. Then America m might change. Okay? You do not outsource your spiritual life by giving money to missions. What else? God always gives us everything we need to do what he has called us to do. Of course, we're stewards. Stewardship. Okay? A talent. A talent is, is a lot of money. Okay? A talent of gold in antiquity. It was a lot of money. And you see, my friends, he gives us what we need for that moment. And then he'll give more and more. One day of it at a time. That that's the whole. That that's the, the the whole idea that we see throughout the Bible. The manna. Okay, you need money. You need money, Peter. You need to pay ta the taxes to the Romans. You know, grab a fish in the lake. Open its mouth. You're gonna see two coins inside. Right when you need it, not more than what you need, okay? Just two coins, okay? But right at the very moment that Peter needed the money. That's how it works. Very interesting, very interesting thing. Parable of the talents teaches that we are not all created equal. Okay? One had, you know, five talents, the other two, the, you know, each according to his ability. The master understood that the one-talent servant was not capable of producing as much as the five-talent servant. Alright? But it was his responsibility to do what was best with his one talent. 
He was not supposed to give his one talent to the other one with five talents. Because that's what Rick Warren tells you to do. That's what Franklin Grant tells you to do. That's what your church will tell you to do. Give your one talent to that guy because he's a missionary. He's a celebrity. He's a, a reformed teacher and apologist. So you have to give your talent to him because he already has five. And now he's going to have six. And he's going to be much more effective for Jesus. That's not the idea. You have to work with your one small, unique talent. Because it's a personal responsibility you have. You see how the whole, the whole scheme of churchianity is wrong? Because that's what they make you do it. They make you give your, your only talent to the guy who has five talents. Oh yes, my friends. How many things, you know, we discover when we start to just think about what's happening all around us. The, parent, the parable of the talents teaches that we work for the master, not our own selfish purposes. Okay, we have a responsibility. Yes, that's, that's, I mean, obvious here. You have to do it. It doesn't matter. Start small. Start, you know, this, this, <laughs> come on, my friends. Start with your own garden. Even Voltaire, you know, the French philosopher Voltaire, used to say that. Tend your garden. You know, it was the, the, at the end of one of his books. I don't remember which one right now. It's a crazy book. But it was like the, the whole conclusion of life, you know, tend your own garden. If you go to Ecclesiastes, it's the same thing. You know, mind your own business. So you start small. You start with, with the things that are all around you, right? You're not supposed to be a jerk to people who are around you because you have this big mission in your life, this big ministry, this big agenda, Okay. Then you have, you know, a license to be a jerk, insensitive to people around you. You don't have that license. All right? And last but not least, the parable of the talents shows that we will be held accountable. Oh, yes, he's coming back. He's coming back. The master is coming back. He doesn't like wicked and lazy people. People who think, okay, I'm a, I'm a Christian. You know, it's like, uh, you know, this week I found out that, 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 that there's something called the hipsters, hipsters, hipster Calvinists. Because they think that they are smarter than other people. They have the theology put together. You know, they're so smart. They're reformed. They're Calvinists. They're, they know their theology much better than the Pentecostals. They're, you know, super smart people. So they are able, because of that, they have the license to be hipsters and, and you know and to be like you know i can't drink beer if i want you know i can go to parties i can go to rock concerts i can do whatever i want because you know my i have my theology put together <laughs> yes that that the, the, the last uh, you know thing that pride has created pride 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 so, my friends, I hope that you have learned something. I hope that you think about, you know, stop and think about where can I exercise stewardship 
right now, this week in my life? What has God entrusted to me? What talents has He given me? Where can I work to please Him? My neighbor, you know, that neighbor that I never talk to. Or maybe that relative that I never contact, I never call him. You know, or maybe, you know, that person that I, I thought I should help, but I never really took any action. Okay? Or at work, maybe, I sh you know, I could do something better. I could help someone. I could, you know, so many things, my friends. Just think about it. Ask the Lord to show you. I'm sure that he will show you like, you know, dozens of things that are right in front of your nose. All right. So practice stewardship. That That's my advice to you. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you very much for being with us. And I hope to see you next week. God willing. Bye bye. Fifthhookmedia.com right now. Go to fifthhookmedia.com right now. Go to fifthhookmedia.com right now. Go to fifthhookmedia.com right now.